What's going on, everybody, and welcome to the Manifest Wrestling Podcast. Here on the Believe Network, I'm your host, Alfonso McCree Jr. That's A-L-P-H-O-N-S-O-M-C-C-R-E-E Jr. And you can bet on me. You can bet on the Believe Network, obviously, bringing you this wonderful podcast. We did take a week off, uh, just had some things that I had to take care of, but now we're back, okay? And we're back with some exciting content because this week, if you've seen, it's time for me to go to the Dominican Republic with Karate Combat for KC42, okay? And I, if you don't know, am a ring announcer. And I have the opportunity with Karate Combat to use my voice to make memories for all these fighters and all these fans. And I'm really excited about it. This is the second time that they have used me. They used me back for Karate Combat 40. That one was in July down in Miami, Florida. And this is the second show that they're going to use me for. And hopefully it's a prequel to the third show that they'll use me for. We'll talk about it. But for this one, this episode, I really just wanted to talk about the art of ring announcing. Because I feel like it's still so underrated. And I feel like everybody thinks that they can do it and they think it's easy. When honestly, it's an art form. It really is. There's, there's hills and valleys. You have to know what to put emphasis on, what to back off on. You just got to know. Um, and a lot of people don't really understand that. And they step up to the mic and they can't really do it at the highest level. Or they think they're doing it at the highest level. And there's somebody out there that can show them you're not. And uh, for me, I feel like you know I'm approaching the highest level. Uh, but I still have a lot of people that I look up to in the industry that keep making me look at myself and say, you have a long way to go. You got to step your game up. And I wanted to show you guys a few of those examples and break down each one. And so we'll start off with the one, the only, the world famous Bruce Buffer. Why do I love Bruce Buffer? Why does everybody love Bruce Buffer? Because it's the excitement, the passion that he puts into every name that he announces. When he gets into that octagon or a, a boxing ring or wherever it is that he's announcing, you know it's a big deal. Him and Michael Buffer, to be honest. But you know that it's a big deal when Bruce Buffer is announcing you. You know that you've made it somewhere. You know that you've accomplished something. Uh, the, the, the passion that he puts behind every single introduction. I mean, you could see it in the fighters' faces. It's hyping them up. It's pumping them up. And without further ado, let me just show you a few examples of what I think are some of Bruce Buffer's best ring announcing calls ever. Presenting the reigning, defending, undisputed UFC lightweight champion of the world, of the world, Israel, the last style bender, Adesanya! Ladies and gentlemen, he is the former UFC welterweight champion, George Rush St. Defending undisputed UFC 
light heavyweight champion of the world, John Bone Jones! Presenting the former UFC featherweight champion and the former UFC lightweight champion, the one, the only, the notorious Conor McGregor! Fighting out of Wyandotte, Hawaii, presenting the reigning, defending, undisputed UFC featherweight champion of the world, the pride of Hawaii! The number three ranked UFC welterweight contender in the world, Jorge Gabriel Presenting the UFC women's bantamweight champion of the world, Rowdy Ronda. Presenting the Ultimate Fighter Season 5 winner and the number seven ranked welterweight contender in the world, Nate Diaz! Presenting the reigning, defending, undisputed UFC heavyweight champion of the world, And so as you can see, Bruce Buffer, there's a reason why he gets paid. Uh, I believe when I looked it up, he gets paid somewhere between five to six figures every event, depending on the event, obviously. But right now, I'm still at the you know stage where I'm getting four figures in an event. Not bad at all, but obviously, I'm trying to you know ascend and be legendary and get to that status that Bruce Buffer is at and really start making some big money to do this. And, you know, I've told told my wife, I even told Devon, who trains me, Devon Dudley, I explained to him and to my wife, I was like, man, if I had to choose between wrestling and ring announcing, I'm going to choose ring announcing every time. That is my passion. That's my forte. This voice of mine, that's what I like using. And I really think that, you know, when you think about ring announcing, you think about some of the best moments in wrestling history and what they're accompanied by. Think about some of the best entrances in history and how really a ring announcer's voice can make or break it. And so I really wanted to show you guys some examples of uh, some WWE people that I look up to. Of course, number one being the great Howard Finkel, my hero, my idol. That's one I look up to the most. And uh, I, want, I want you guys to take a, a listen to his voice. And now I'm going to show you different ways that I have kind of copied what he's done and put it into my own style. Take a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, the winner of this con 
involved in and the now, ladder match. Introducing the two superstars who were selected to start this match. And so now I'm going to break down for you a little bit how I've used some of Howard Finkel's energy and put it into my own. So as you could probably hear when he says Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan, I took that and I applied it in KC40 with the welterweight champion, Joshua Quayhagen. Take a listen. Fighting <laughs> out of the red corner. Representing the USA, the reigning welterweight champion, the preacher, Joshua Quayhagan. And so I have no problem admitting, I take from those that I'm inspired from, 100%. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to learn from the ones who came before you and apply it uh, going forward into what it is that you want to do. And that's what I've been able to do, really. I've been able to take 
what Howard Finkel has done for his entire career and apply those things and really learn where to put my enunciations at and what part of the name to drag on and what part of the name to cut short. Uh, it really is an art form and you got to kind of have a feel for it, honestly. Like it, it feels like it came natural to me. I didn't feel like I struggled with it at all in my first, uh, my first appearance for Karate Combat. You guys, however, are going to be the judge of that right now. So I want you guys to take a listen to the full highlight video um, of my ring announcing highlights from Karate Combat 40. And let me know what you guys think. Take a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, the first fight of the evening is in the bantamweight division. Introducing first, fighting out of the blue corner, representing the USA, Damien. Super Ladies and gentlemen, your winner of this contest by TKO out of the red corner, Maximo Apex Nunez. Ladies and gentlemen, your winner by unanimous decision out of the red corner, gentlemen, our fourth fight of the night comes from the lightweight division. Introducing first, fighting out of the blue corner, representing France, he is Mr. K.O. Jeremy Payet. Representing Peru, he is the Beast, Jesus Lopez. Your winner, by unanimous decision, out of the blue corner, the Flash, Alexander Budervan. Your winner, and new number one contender, oh. by split decision, out of the blue corner, Ooh. the Bear Slayer, I thought he was gentlemen this is your main event of the evening and it is a welterweight title unification bout introducing first fighting out of the blue corner representing azerbaijan the interim welterweight champion he is the greatest of all time he Fighting out of the red corner, representing the USA, the reigning welterweight champion, the preacher, Joshua Quayhagan. This 
was a fight that lived up to its spot as the main event of KC40. Give it up for these two fighters. Wow, man. The winner of this bout. Oh, yeah, yeah. And new oh. welterweight champion out of the blue corner. And so now there's somebody else I want to give credit to. And that is Miss Samantha Urban, who I think is the best in the game right now. Why do I think she's the best in the game? Well, she has range, man. Like, she is one of those people who obviously speaks English, but because she's a singer, she understands how to control her tongue in order to make different sounds. And that helps her when she's in, like, foreign countries and stuff, like they were in Puerto Rico for Backlash. And she can enunciate different names in the way that they would enunciate it, right? And everybody knows her announcing during Bad Bunny's entrance at Backlash was top tier. And we're going to take a listen to that one, too, right now. So a lot of times, as you can hear, ring announcing really does make or break somebody's entrance. And I'm not going to do, oh, bad examples of ring announcing. No, we you already know we don't do that here. We don't criticize people in the industry here. We either praise or we just talk about maybe what can be done a little bit better. But we're not about to single out people who maybe I think could be better. Absolutely not. Because they made it to places that I haven't made it to. And until I make it to those places, nah, we're not going to do that. But I will tell you, there's just some really, really cool things that ring announcers have been able to do. Uh, Tony Chimmel with his rated R superstar. Edge loved it. Obviously, it was a part of his Hall of Fame speech. And um, that's because it was iconic. Um, it was synonymous with the Rated R Superstar. Um, you remember back when uh, Howard Finkel was CM Punk's special ring announcer for his match against Alberto Del Rio at Survivor Series 2011. And remember, as Howard Finkel's coming out, Booker T is like, man, that's how I knew I made it. When Howard Finkel is saying your name, that's how you know that you made it in this industry. The ring announcers matter. And, you know, I make this podcast because... I want it to be understood, like, I have so much passion for this area. I am currently contemplating my future in professional wrestling because I don't feel like my body is holding up. I haven't made any final decisions on that, but I don't know. It's not looking great for my in-ring future 
and my aspirations in that area. But I am still a ring announcer. My voice still very much works and works at a high level. And it's what I want to use to leave my mark on this world. And, um, you know, I just wanted to share a little bit of that with you guys. And when we come back on the Manifest Wrestling Podcast, we'll dive into some of the top news stories of the day, including, of course, the latest and greatest on where CM Punk is going to end up. Is it going to be WWE at Survivor Series or Impact Wrestling? We'll talk about it when we come back on the Manifest Wrestling Podcast. Welcome back to the Manifest Wrestling Podcast with your host, Alfonso McCree Jr. Let's talk about CM Punk because he was backstage at Impact Wrestling and he was backstage at Bound for Glory. And who knows what that's really going to lead to, but it is interesting. Now, talking to my sources, they're saying that CM Punk is using this as leverage to get back into WWE. Obviously, we know that's what he wants. He doesn't want to go from AEW to Impact. Honestly, it would be like going almost the same route because of the good relationship that Impact and AEW have right now. Um, it would be a little bit weird that way. So I think he's trying to jump all the way across and join the competition to try to take down AEW at this point because he's so angry about everything that happened during his time in AEW. Now, again, I've gone on the record saying I don't think it's the best idea for CM Punk to join WWE because I feel like WWE has great chemistry right now and I feel like maybe CM Punk coming in messes that up. I don't know if that's 100% the case because as you have heard me say in the past, I don't know CM Punk personally, so I don't know how it is that he is going to mesh in the WWE locker room. And by all accounts, I've been told by not only the dirt sheets, but my sources, I have sources in the wrestling community, I've been told by my sources that the backstage environment in, in, in AEW is very chaotic. So maybe, just maybe, I've been wrong about CM Punk this whole time, and maybe he really was uh, in the right in a lot of these situations backstage in AEW. Like I said, I just feel like when you're the common denominator in every problem that keeps popping up, then there's some fire where that smoke is. And that, that's been my only thing with CM Punk. I'm like, this, this feels very narcissistic. Um, you know, it feels like a pattern. And I don't know. It, it just, I don't believe in coincidences. And it just seems a little bit weird. Uh, so who knows if he'll end up in WWE or not. But speaking of WWE, one of their top performers in the company is still looking for his new contract. That's right. Mr. Scottish warrior Drew McIntyre is still not under contract. And apparently his contract is not going to be running all the way through WrestleMania 40 in its current form. So unless he signs an extension, he won't be at WrestleMania 40, which I don't see WWE allowing to happen. Now, I don't know what the details of the negotiations are because we just don't know. They don't really allow that information to be leaked out publicly. So we don't know the ins and outs. LA Knight, obviously, is still uh, negotiating his contract. It would seem there's been no news about him signing a multi-year deal. So, you know, you got two of your top stars looking for bigger money. And 
you know, WWE is obviously a billion dollar business for a reason. They're not just going to cave in and give whatever a superstar wants. But I do feel like they'll come to an agreement. Uh, you don't want Drew McIntyre going to AEW. He's done such solid work in WWE. They obviously want to keep him. I, I would be shocked. I would be shocked if Drew McIntyre walked without a new contract in WWE. LA Knight, same thing. I just don't expect him to get paid as much as Drew McIntyre, right? LA Knight's never won a title. LA Knight is basically brand new to the main event scene. You kind of got to pay Drew McIntyre just for the longevity. Um, you know, it, obviously you pay for what you think they're going to do in the future, but some of it has to be a little bit of a reward for what they've already done in the past. So, um, you know, if, if, if these contract numbers come out and LA Knight has gotten a large contract with Drew McIntyre, number one, I don't think Drew McIntyre is going to go for that. I don't think he's going to let that happen. Um, but I, I would be shocked if that became a reality. Um, I was at Spooky Empire this past weekend, uh, hanging out with Devon Dudley and, um, you know, hanging around the Spooky Empire vendors and everything like that. Met Kevin Nash for the first time. That was pretty awesome. He is humongous arms the size of trucks and he is all of seven feet tall uh he looked pretty good all things considered uh for what he's been through this year of course with the loss of his son um you know it's good to see him out and about and just you know still living life you know it's it's very difficult when you lose somebody like that to get yourself out of your house and actually get in front of people but kevin nash doing something i think is really healthy for him and I, i'm really proud of him for being able to, to step out and do that. I just uh, I went up to him. I told him, you know, I didn't have money for the autograph. They were they were charging arm and leg for these autographs and pictures, like $50 for an autograph and then over $50 for a picture and then $35 for an autograph, $85 for the combo. And I'm like, man, I ain't got it like that. But I did go up to him, shake his hand, tell him thank you for everything that he's done for the business. Thank you for the NWO. And uh, just wished him the best. And, you know, he shook my hand, gave me the two sweet, which was awesome. My wife was standing right there. She was like, was that cool? I was like, yeah, it was. <laughs> so that was uh, that was pretty dope. That was pretty dope. That's uh, that's how my my weekend went. Um, going trick or treating with the Dudleys tomorrow with my son. And uh, that'll be that'll be a really good time. Uh, Devon's turned into a really, really great friend for me. Um but you know, enough of my rambling. That is the news and my thoughts on things. I hope you guys enjoyed the ring announcing portion of this episode. And I hope it did as much for you guys as it did for me making it because I love ring announcing and I can't wait, cannot wait for this Friday in the Dominican Republic. I leave on Wednesday to get there. Uh, rehearsals on Thursday, show on Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern time, free on YouTube. Uh, karate combat just look that up free on youtube and um we have a really exciting show coming in december december 15th anthony pettis versus benson henderson three the trilogy will be complete and it will be done in karate combat so that's going to be really awesome but for now i will leave you guys with this stay safe stay blessed I'll see you guys in the next episode of the Manifest Wrestling Podcast with your host, Alfonso McCree Jr. That's A-L-P-H-O-N-S-O-M-C-C-R-E-E Jr. You can bet on me and the Believe Network, and you can bet on the do-rag that has made its return today for all you YouTube viewers. Love you guys. I will see you guys soon. Peace.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.